0: This is Down by the Bank, episode 11. This is Corey uh, flying solo today. Derek is out of the city on business. Um, we're actually joined today a special episode by Zach Goodall, a writer at the very popular Jaguars blog, Big Cat Country. Uh, hey, Zach, how are you today?
1: doing good, man. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, no, we definitely appreciate it. And um, like I said, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he has a lot of great stuff on Twitter as well as Big Cat Country. But um, but yeah, cool. How long have you been with Bank Cat Country?
1: Uh, I've been with them just over a year. I started back when I was sixteen. It was kind of just on a whim. I emailed Alfie and uh, told him I was looking to try and start a career in sports journalism and wanted to know if I could start there covering my favorite team. And he gave me a piece right off the bat. And ever since, it's kind of taken off. Been there. It was a year last month.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I can certainly say, um, you know, I definitely enjoy your stuff. I've tweeted at you before about that. And I think, um, you actually had, I believe it was the one about Brandon Allen, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had the article on Brandon Allen.
0: Yeah. I feel like that was like a, uh, I don't know. I feel like that was a, as much as it's just a third string quarterback, that was a really, really good article. So I'll definitely link that one up. I love stuff like that. I mean, most of the football nerds out there, they're Jaguars fans. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we really look for. So. In the wake of the Jags' embarrassing loss of the Chargers, to use that word again, you know, it's certainly understandable after four years that the fans are frustrated with Gus Bradley. Uh, Twitter and talk radio will tell you probably quicker than ever that it's time to make a change. Um, Zach, you actually wrote a piece entitled It's Time for a New Leader, uh, sort of encompassing the thoughts of many of the Jaguars fans right now. Um, just first and foremost, what are your thoughts on the Jags-Chargers game, and particularly when it comes to how the coaching actually contributed to our loss?
1: Well, I thought the game was just kind of a, you know, they went out on the field and the hopes were so high and they immediately let the fans down and kind of let themselves down from the get-go. I I think on the first drive, it was a seven-play drive. And considering how good the Jaguars' run defense has been in the past, you know, six of the seven plays were rush plays, and it ended up going 58 yards on rushing for a touchdown. So, You knew right then that there was going to be some problems, and San Diego has always been good at carving up the Jaguars' defense, and they did it again. And, you know, you look at some of the play calling, whether it be on offense, and there was the controversy last week against Green Bay on that fourth-and-one screen pass to Alan Hearns, and everyone erupted saying, why would you run a screen pass there? You've got other weapons to target downfield, try and get more plays off. And they went right back to that screenplay throughout the game, whether it be to TJ Elden or Marquise Lee. But my count was at least five screenplays. And I'm thinking if the coaching staff knows that this play isn't working, why keep calling it? And then on the defensive side of the ball, I, uh, I've i always thought that Gus Bradley had a problem with making halftime adjustments. Whether they be up or down, they need to adjust to the team they're facing that day and not the team they were facing on film you know, earlier in the week because teams will change schemes. And Bradley seems to have always had a problem with changing the scheme at halftime. He just kind of ran with what he had in the first half, and it was just as bad in the second half.
0: Right, right. just seems crazy that four years in, this is kind of a common theme. I mean, I've heard the uh, halftime adjustments critique for, for years now. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And you actually had a, a, a couple of really scary stats in your piece Um, which, again, we'll link in the uh, description of the podcast for sure and on social media. Uh, That being Gus Bradley's career record is 12-38. and He's won 24% of his 50 career games, which is actually second worst as a head coach in NFL history who's coached at least 50 games. So considering the rarity of a coach actually sticking around with that type of record, um, why do you think he's still here in year four, to kind of put it plainly?
1: Uh, I mean, I've tried to come up with reasons for this in the past and I've never been <laughs> able to put a finger on it. I look at, I look at Shad Khan and I see what he's doing over at this Fulham soccer club in London or wherever that is over in, uh, Europe. Right. And what's he on? Like coach number four, coach <laughs> number five. <laughs> yeah. I think it actually
0: might be more than that. Three years.
1: Actually. Yeah. Something like that. He's, he's buying them a, a dime a dozen for a different coach over there, but He sees what's going on here and he says, you know, trust the process or, oh, we're we're built, we believe in what we've got. And it's not working with Gus Bradley. And I like Gus Bradley and everyone around here likes Gus Bradley for who he is as a person and as a motivator. But when it comes to, you know, strategic planning and motivating your players on the field, not just in press conferences, he's not getting the job done. So I don't have an answer as to why Shad Khan's keeping him. And we may never know exactly why. He just says, trust the process. But I've just kind of learned to not trust the process. And that's kind of a scary thing to say. But <laughs> what are you right. going to do?
0: Well, and I, think, uh, I think you actually, I think it's kind of clear which camp you're in, uh, just based on the pinned tweet that you had, which I kind of laughed at. Uh, retweet if you're on team, <laughs> hashtag fire guys. So, <laughs> so I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you're in that camp.
1: Yeah, I was expecting a couple of retweets there from some friends or nothing too major. And then I woke up this morning and I had 400, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> the fan base is starting to agree."
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't even notice that actually. Wow, that is quite a bit. Um, but I mean, like wins yeah. and losses. <laughs> I mean, wins and losses aside, you know, it's kind of up to interpretation as to how much blame lies on you know Dave Caldwell. I mean, it seemed like in reading your article that you seem to think that the talent is there. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is this all on Gus or does Dave kind of have a part in the last four years as well?
1: I mean, I do say that I think the talent's there. My quote's kind of been that this is a 9-7 and seven talent team, but a 4-12 and 12 coaching team. And, I mean, the coaching part has proven that. But D- Dave has hit on his offensive prospects in the draft. Like, there's no doubt about that. He's built a great offensive core, and he's added well in free agency, even though he was limited in his first couple years on free agent spending to really boost that cap for this year, where he spent millions and millions of dollars on the defense, but he's really hit on his offensive players, and he's always been you know, a real offensive-minded scout and manager of a team, so he's done really well there. And then I think it came to the defensive side, where Gus Bradley, he's so stuck on his scheme to where... You know he thinks that players should adapt to him rather than he should adapt to players, and I think whether it be Con or whether it be Bradley insisting or whether it be Caldwell just letting Bradley kind of control the defensive side, they've missed on a lot of defensive players. You know, I've always liked Jonathan Cyprian. I've always thought he's a great contributor to the team, but at the same time, it's blatant on film that he has a lot of problems, and he was a second round pick. So that's a missed pick on Caldwell, but at the same time, how much did Bradley have a say-so in that, right. being the builder of the defense, running his defense here? So, of course, there's going to be some blame on Caldwell, but like I said, the talent's there to go 9-7 and seven or better, the coaching's 4-12, and 12, so I'll give Caldwell the blame for some of the missed prospects, but all in all, I think that this team can win based on talent alone.
0: Right, right. It's a shame Derek's not on this episode, because uh, he actually picked up... Uh, Cyprian is his breakout player this year and uh, needless to say, through two games, that is not panning out whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought the same. I really like Jonathan Cyprian, like I said, and uh, you know, he's got his problems with angles and everything, but I thought this year would be his year, you know, they've got Gibson at that single high free safety, but and then they wanted to put Cyprian down in that box role where he covers the flats. And he's not been terrible. I mean, I'll give him the credit. He's not been terrible. But we're seeing the same things we've seen for three years where, you know, bad angles are a problem and missed tackles are a problem. And it's just clear he's not panning out, which is unfortunate.
0: So, I mean, if we continue this trend and, we'll, you know, let's just say we keep losing games and, uh, and Gus is let go, maybe midseason, where do we go from there? If you could give us kind of a short-term in-season candidate for head coach. You know, if we were to fire Gus and perhaps promote somebody from the current staff and then maybe a head coaching candidate that you would go after in the offseason if you were shot, Con.
1: So I'll start with the uh, promoting from within to finish the season off, and it's got to be Doug Marone just because of his experience and his ability to get wins out of a mediocre Buffalo Bills team when he was there. His last year, he made the team go 9-7, and seven, and that was not a very talented team. Mm-hmm. You know, Rex Ryan's doing whatever he's doing up there now, and they've got some more talent, but there wasn't as much back in, you know, what, 2013, 2014, when Murron was there, and he made something out of it. I think, I mean, you replace Gus Bradley at midseason, and as much as all the fans want him gone, like, there will not be much change, because it's still the same staff. I believe that a lot of these guys are... Gus Bradley's puppets. And that's not to say they can't make their own calls because they're smart guys, but you know, they run, like I said, they're running his scheme. So I don't think there would be much change because it's the same guys, but at the same time with a different guy like Marone, who's a much better coach and he can be tough. He can be tough on the guys. And I think he'd be a good motivator. I think he would not do much better than what uh, Bradley has had to offer if he finished out the season. But at the same time, He's a coach that can make adjustments and I think he's willing to need I say punish his players when a guy like Jared Audric steps out and throws a fit like he did yesterday. <laughs> and I'm actually putting I'm putting up an article tomorrow giving Audric the game ball for at least taking a stand. I don't think <laughs> he should be charging at his coach. Yeah. I think that's wrong for him to, you know, go after him, but at the same time he took a stand against losing. But if you're the coach there, you shouldn't be just going up and talking to him, saying, "Hey, buddy, you know, like I understand you're mad and put you back into the uh, back into the game on the next drive." You should be saying, "Hey, go back to the locker room. We'll discuss this on the plane." And I think that's kind of what Maroon could offer. Right. Then, as for a um, off-season candidate, I think it's time that the team were to go with an uh, offensive-minded coach because, besides Mike Mularkey back in 2012, you know this team has been a defensive-minded head coach for as long as I can remember. I'm pretty sure this is some of my lack of NFL knowledge as a whole, but I believe Coughlin was a defensive-minded coach as well, and I might be totally wrong, but I know Del Rio was, and I know Bradley has been. And, you know, if they can try and switch it up with the offensive weapons that they have and they know they have a core there, bringing a guy like Todd Haley from Pittsburgh who's really turned – That Pittsburgh offense into something great, and who's known to be a tough coach when he was in Kansas City. You know, he was kind of a hard ass to those guys, and that's why he was let go. Right. I think you bring in a guy like him who could be a good motivator, a strategic offensive coach, and maybe he can turn something out of this young offensive core. Yeah.
0: The only thing that scares me about Doug Marone is I, I, last thing I remember about him is that he kind of got ran out of Buffalo and that the players literally hated him from what I can remember. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely think, yeah. I definitely agree with, and it's so funny how we've come full circle on this where, you know, Jacksonville practically ran Coughlin out of town for the, like you said, the hard ass, you know, come down on the players type coach. And now we're almost, We've come full circle from, from that to the, the yeah. happy go lucky coach. And now we want to get that guy out of here. But I just seem to re- remember Marone having some issues up there and I can't remember what it involved, but that's the only thing that kind of, kind of scares me about promoting him.
1: Yeah. I, um, I read up on that whenever that, um, came out and I think I remember reading something it was more of a fact that he was being mistreated by some of the front office but yeah. he never he never confirmed on it he didn't want to speak on it. he just wanted to get Buffalo behind him so we may never know the whole truth and if the players did hate him and he was doing something wrong then he obviously wouldn't be a good guy for the long term I just guess with the coaching staff that we have now I couldn't see a guy like Greg Olson being promoted I just don't see him as head coaching material you know He's a good quarterback whisperer. He's made some plays and really helped develop this young core, but I don't see him as a head coach, and I don't see Wash being a head coach either. So I'd just promote the guy with the head coaching experience at this point just to finish out the season, but then definitely look elsewhere afterwards.
0: Yeah, and I know this is probably blasphemous but in, because of the, the reputation of ex-Patriots coaches, but I don't know. I still kind of feel like Josh McDaniels could be something. Maybe I... I'm just kind of attaching myself to the the (laughs) patron thing, but I don't know. I I wouldn't mind looking at him.
1: Yeah, I hope my friend doesn't listen to this because he's a diehard Broncos fan, and the name Josh McDaniels is forbidden in his his house, but (laughs) I agree with that. I Actually, with what he's been able to do and learn under Bill Belichick, and I don't like Bill Belichick, but you can't deny he's a mastermind. Right. With how well McDaniels has done there, I think he's another great candidate, especially being an offensive-minded guy.
0: Yeah, and I, I just think the failure in Denver almost would kind of help him a little bit more, so... um Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, Todd Haley's interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at him a little bit more closely. I haven't even thought about him, to be honest. Um, mm. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, again, I definitely recommend everybody check out your writing. I think you do an awesome job. Um, definitely enjoy reading your stuff. Uh, enjoy reading the tweets. Uh, you have some pretty funny stuff on there as well. So... Uh, <laughs> Again, thanks for joining us. He writes on uh, Big Cat Country, um, and like I mentioned, we'll be sure to link the article um, in the show notes and on our social media, um, and also link his profile, which I think has all his stuff on there um, together, and you can also follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Godal. and uh, thanks again for joining us, Zach.
1: Thank you for having me. Thanks,
0: and this has been Down by the Bank. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you could rate and review us on iTunes, we're available on iTunes as well as SoundCloud for the non-Apple users. Thanks again and talk to you guys later.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance